Hi yogis, welcome back to another episode of uh, Run Yogi Diaries. This is your host Santosh Shiva. I hope you had a wonderful week and you also got some time to play, swim, bike, run, whatever is your thing. Every week I bring you conversations with people who are on a journey of well-being and endurance. I hope they spark some possibility in you, leave you with some tips and perhaps some inspiration to perspire. Hi everyone, wishing all of you a wonderful holiday season. In the house today is a fellow YouTuber and runner, Paul Devillo, who believes he is not past his athletic peak. And this is for someone who is in his early 50s. Now isn't that a great mindset for all of us to aspire for the coming year? Paul isn't just a believer, he also walks the talk. For someone who just started running 10 years ago to have gone from zero to Boston qualifying times on almost every outing of his is no mean achievement. We get behind the scenes on how and the why of his fascinating journey and hopefully we learn a few things in the process. Let's jump in. Hey Paul, welcome to Run Yogi Diaries. Hey Santosh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. We, you, you're a podcaster and a YouTuber um, who has a thriving, you know, content going on. Uh, met you through the YouTube channel, actually, and uh, got inspired by you, in fact, when I started. Wow. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's a pleasure having you. <laughs> oh, I appreciate I, I remember it. having, yeah, I, I remember having reached out to you asking for some tips. I don't know if you remember, but uh, I was struggling with editing early days. And I, I think I uh-huh. pinged you and said, hey, how do you do this? <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And, and before we get into deep, I just want to uh, say thank you for, for, for having me on your podcast. It's, a, it's an honor and um, I'm really looking forward to talking to you. Yeah, absolutely. So before we ju- jump in, uh, you have a fascinating journey of, uh, you know, in the running space. You've started late, but you've scaled phenomenally. Uh, and uh, you're one of those people who uh, who believes, you know, you're still not peaked. So which is a great mindset to live in general. Uh, so we're going to dig into all of that. But before that, let me have you maybe do a quick personal introduction and then we jump in. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, my name is Paul DeVillo. I'm known on YouTube as DevRunner, and uh, you can find me on Instagram uh, as the DevRunner. But um, basically, I am an endurance runner. Uh, I would have to say at this point that I specialize in the marathon distance, um, though I am very quickly discovering that uh, the shorter races are a lot of fun as well. Um, I have never gone further than a marathon, um, but I know ultras are in my future. Uh, beyond that, Santosh, um, I am an also now, uh, as of six months ago, uh, an RRCA certified running coach. And, um, you know, as you can tell, uh, I am rather obsessed with running. Um, I just love it. I love not just doing it, but I love talking about it. I love encouraging other people to get out there. So, you know, um, speaking with you tonight, uh, that's one of the main reasons why I was really looking forward to this. Right, absolutely, and uh, and you're a you know for a living you you're a software developer, uh, absolutely, technologist, yeah. right? And, exactly. Uh, you're also a musician, uh, which is yeah, you may be able to see that in the background there, all the guitars hanging back there. But um, yeah, I've, I'm uh, I've been a musician for oh, 
just ridiculous amounts of time now. I'm 52 years old now, and I started playing guitar when I was 17. So, you know, a few decades now. And uh, yeah, I've been a software developer for a little over 20 years now. And, uh, you know, but my passion for the past 10 years has been running, running, running. Absolutely. And what is how what is DevRunner? Uh, I always want to ask you, what does that mean? Yeah, it's funny. DevRunner is kind of a confluence of three different things. Um, my name is Paul DeVillo. So the first uh, three letters of my last name is, you know, D-E-V, Dev. Um, also, because I'm a programmer uh, by trade, um, in the industry, we're all known as devs. That's what we call each other. You know, he's a dev, I'm a dev, et cetera, et cetera. And I also like the play on words that we are all developing runners. So, so dev seemed mm. to be this perfect fit for the channel name. So uh, that's why I ran with it. Nice. That's terrific. They're terrific. So, hey, you know, I think um, we should do a bit of a flashback. You know, your life's been 10 years, last 10 years has been all about running. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe we should do a bit of a rewind here and see where it all started and how it got started and why. Sure, sure. Well, um, it's funny, Santosh, because my only experience in early life with running was in ninth grade in my freshman year of high school. Uh, me and uh, my best friend went out for the cross country team and uh, we made the team. Thank goodness we were good enough to at least make the team. And, um, you know, after the big sort of... Um, this was in Toronto. I lived in Toronto when I was a, uh, you know, a teenager, and uh, we we made it uh, to the Ontario sort of the big meet, the big meet, and um, our team just by a hair missed going to like nationals. Like we we just barely missed out. So my friend and I kind of looked at each other and said, "Well, that was fun." So yeah, <laughs> that was it for running for for a ridiculous number of years. I just it was like okay, I did that, didn't really enjoy it, you know. But it's over. So on to the next thing. And um, it was only Santosh when I was in my early forties. I was like forty two years old, and um, I was just I had gained I was at least forty pounds over my ideal weight. I'm, I'm a, a little guy. I'm only five foot seven. So I was walking around. I think my peak weight was uh, 183 pounds. So um, it was kind of like I had, I wasn't doing any daily exercise. I was just watching TV. And, and, and with uh, my Italian sort of family background, it was so easy to like, just say, okay, give me my third bowl of pasta for dinner, <laughs> you know? And, and I was packing that weight on pretty good. And, um, you know, it was only at that point that I thought to myself, you know, I can't let this go anymore because, um, there was a day when I was at work and I was leaning into my computer screen, uh, you know, just to get a better look at what, you know, what I was up to. And, uh, there was like this uncomfortable tightness in my chest. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's not a good thing. That, that can't be a good thing. <laughs> so, uh, my doctor was like, you know, Paul, um, you're going to have to make some changes now. Um, if you don't want this to get serious. And he was like, um, not only are you, uh, is your blood pressure ridiculously high, but you are right on the verge of becoming pre-diabetic. And I was like, wow, okay. And, you know, not to go too much into my, my upbringing as a kid, but I was raised in a very sort of, um, 
I don't want to call it a hippie background, <laughs> but, but, but my family has always been kind of like, do it the natural way. You know, the natural way is always the best way. So um, I took that as my cue to uh, get the weight off. I was just going to start with getting the weight off, and I knew it would be a major step in the right direction just by itself. So um, I actually found a couple of friends at work who um, were just like, uh, they walked. That was their thing. At lunchtime, instead of sitting down to a big meal, they'd you know, grab an apple and go for a walk. So I kind of made myself part of that group. And we walked for like nine months straight. And in that nine months, I managed to drop 30 of those pounds that I was overweight, you know, not just doing that, but be just being more conscious of my eating habits, et cetera, et cetera. And um, after that, uh, I think it was, uh, it was nine months later, and I believe it was spring. It was early spring of, of whatever year that was, um, 2011, I believe. And um I thought to myself, I was actually leaving work one day and it's like a half a mile, somewhere between a quarter and a half mile from the office door in downtown Charlotte, North Carolina, where I live, um, to the parking lot where my car was. And it was, I, I just thought to myself, and, and I don't know where this idea came from. It just popped into my head. I was like, you know, instead of walking to the car, I wonder if I could run to the car. And I had like, you know, like, wasn't a full on dress suit, but I was like in business casual stuff. My, my, my penny loafers on a briefcase with my computer. <laughs> and I thought to myself, for whatever reason, I'm going to try to run to the car and just, just to see, just to see what happens. Will I fall over? Will I make it? Whatever. And uh, luckily enough, I made it. And it was, believe it or not, it was like a life changing moment for me. I couldn't believe that I had covered that distance and not you know, I, I was a little bit out of breath, but nothing major. I was like, oh my goodness, this walking, it must have done wonders for me in the last few months. So it, it was at that point, I went home, I told my wife this story and she was like, wow, that's so funny that you say that because a friend of ours who was a runner already was utterly fed up with her treadmill. She was like, you know what? I'm a runner. I'm a true runner. I'm only going to run outside uh -huh. from now on. Who wants to buy my treadmill? And there was me going, me, 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 me. I was at her house the next day with a rented pickup truck and I hauled it back to our place. And um, that's where, that's the beginning of the whole running story. I don't know how much more detail you want or yeah. where you want me to go next, but that's kind of where it all got started. Yeah, yeah. And the rest is history. Rest is history, right? Exactly. That, that, that there's, a, there's a lot, you know, this. uh, uh, a lot of gold that uh, I hear, right? And I do want to call out something, which is the whole uh, whole idea of walking for nine months mm -hmm. and getting to a, a, a certain point uh, in terms of your health and shape, right? Because I find that a lot of people who want to start running um, want to want to start running on day one and mm -hmm. uh, leads to injuries, leads to frustration. And then after a couple of months, they've given up. You know, I've I've met a lot of, friends who just don't enjoy it anymore mm -hmm. um, I think the takeaway from what from your journey so far is nine months of running I mean walking uh, brisk walking change in lifestyle gets you to a point where you feel fit and then exactly. maybe it's the right time to actually start running and uh, I, I think that's a perfectly legitimate way to get started right 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and the funny thing, Santosh, is that um, not only does the walking do a lot, just a ton of good cardiovascular wise, mm -hmm. as well as toning up your muscles, getting your tendons and your ligaments used to, mm. you know, that kind of motion and that kind of constant repetitive stress. Um, yeah. But um, it does a great job to just get you into the mental mindset of committing to that kind of exercise every day. Um, mm. So it's a perfect setup for running. And, um, yep. you know, I was always, uh, when I was walking with that group, I was always very, I was kind of the slow guy. I was always trying to catch up. And, you know, because, you know, I was with a bunch of sort of power walkers who were like, they were, they were in it to win it. And um, so I, I, I would try to keep up with them. And I think that kind of uh, pushed me to, to, to get my heart and my lungs, you know, kind of ready for a, for a good uh, run. But, um, you know, once I had that treadmill, I approached the treadmill, not just the treadmill, but I approached my running journey in very much the same way that I approached my walking. I wanted it to be comfortable mm -hmm. because I always looked yeah. back at my days in high school as, oh my goodness, every run in high school hurt. It was always go as fast as you can. You're not going to be ready for mm -hmm. the big races if you're not pushing yourself hard as, you know, all the time, which, you know, Anybody who's run for any length of time, who anybody who enjoys running knows that you can't do that all the time. You, there have to be easy right. days in there, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So right. I, I came at running once I owned that treadmill from, from the standpoint of I want to be comfortable all the time. I want to build my ability slowly. So I got on the treadmill and for the first six months, I was only running three or four days a week, but I started out so slowly. I wanted to, I, I, I very determinedly went after a speed that I knew I could maintain really comfortably. I didn't want to discourage myself by giving myself something that even if I pulled it off today, I would dread having to do it again two days from now. So, uh, you know, I started off at like five miles an hour and I would do that for like 20 minutes and that 20 minutes on the treadmill when you're not used to it seemed like forever. <laughs> you know, so. Um, you know, but I kept it up. And, and the, the trick for me, Santosh, was that every week I would do my three runs at that same speed. But then when I came back for the first day of the following week, I would up the speed on the treadmill by a very small amount. I would go up from like, say, for week two of ever for me, I set the speed on the treadmill to 5.1 miles per hour, did all my workouts at 5.1 miles per hour. Then the next week it was 5.2. And the weeks and the months went by, Santosh, until it actually reached a point where I was beginning to revisit those old high school days of every run hurt. Like I was up to like, believe it or not, I was up to like running six days a week, running eight miles. Yeah, six days a week, eight miles a day. And I had worked myself up to where I was running at like eight and a half. I think I even got as high as nine miles an hour. Um, touching it a little bit at the end, I couldn't maintain it. But but I had built my speed and my 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 ability over like a year and a half, purely treadmill running. I never went outside. And this is a side note. Maybe we can talk a little bit more about this later. But um, I was scared to go outside, Santosh. I did not want my neighbors to see me. I was so scared of looking like this guy 
who was trying to be a runner who wasn't a runner that I ran for literally a year and a half on my treadmill in my living room before I got the guts up to, to, um, let anybody see me. And, um, Mm -hmm. there it is. You know, I was very slow to feel any confidence as a runner at all. And, and eight, six days, almost eight miles. So you were like 48, 40, 50 miles a week. Uh, that you had, that's what you yeah, had scaled to yeah. right and so that's a significant amount of miles too right yeah and, that, uh, exactly and and the thing is i didn't even know it i was literally yeah. during the entire time that i was doing that i did not <laughs> ever consult yeah. youtube or anything online to say what does a real runner do like how do they even train yeah. i was just out there just hammering myself day after day And, um, you know, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody, especially now that I'm a coach, I would work my best to make sure that nobody else does that the way I did it. Because, um, you know, you've got to have your easy days, you've got to have your workouts, you've got to keep it fun. And towards the end of there for me, at the end of my uh, treadmill days, it wasn't all that much fun anymore. It was more of just me wearing myself out. Yeah. And uh, treadmill didn't i mean what about motivation because that's another thing people struggle with as far as treadmills are concerned just uh you know the monotony of running that long so uh what did you do different to keep it interesting yeah well you know it was one of those things where i discovered how to um how how to watch youtube videos how to listen to podcasts and uh and uh audio books you know you know nothing nothing i didn't reinvent the wheel basically uh, you know everything that i later learned everybody else does when they're on the treadmill but um okay you know even with that it was just getting to the point where those you know eight out or eight miles eight miles um a day it gets really monotonous and that's what eventually drove me out the door and i was like you know what the neighbors may laugh at me, but at this point, I just can't take it anymore. I just, I need to, I need to see the birds. I need to feel the breeze. I need to see different sights. So um, I started running around the neighborhood streets and, um, you know, happily enough to my surprise, nobody was out there standing there pointing and laughing. So <laughs> it kind of worked out um, wherever. I hey, my, my, you know, my advice my view is if you are running, go out and run in public because you know what? You could inspire a few other people. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. Absolutely. You're so utterly correct. And that's what I tell everybody all the time on my YouTube channel now is just, you know, if there's anybody out there with a negative attitude towards you as a runner, that's their problem, not yours. You're setting an example. You're inspiring other people who are driving home in their cars thinking, you know, I really need to get out there like that person. So, you know, it's just uh, running is a positive thing. Embrace it set yourself as an example. Don't be intimidated by anybody. It's just, you're doing, you're making the world a better place by being a runner. So yeah, absolutely. I haven't, I haven't met too many grumpy, unhappy people who are runners, you know, uh, most runners oh, yeah. are generally happy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The running community right. is incredible. It's just so positive. Yeah. Yeah. Terrific. So you, you've gotten to, you know, 40, 50 miles, uh, week right and then how when did competition enter enter your life yeah well it was probably about i started running the roads uh and and did that just for the sake of running you know i still had no eye on competition because frankly you know my my i don't i wouldn't necessarily say i had a low self-esteem 
in general in life. But when it came to running, I just didn't think I would be anything special. So I didn't really feel the need to go out and compete. Um, you know, I was scared I, that I'd get out there and sort of like come in dead last. And I'd be like, ah, I knew it. <laughs> I wish I hadn't done that kind of thing. But um, it had finally reached a point where I'd been running in total for like two and a half years. And uh, this was 2014 by now. It was like spring of 2014. And um, the next town over from mine uh, had, had started advertising for a, a half marathon. And um, I was like, oh, man, it's only six miles from my door. How can I not do this? You know, so um, I signed myself up and then I knew by the time I plunked my money down for that race, okay, I've got about five months, so I can't just do this, go out, run eight miles a day. You know, I just signed myself up for a half marathon. I've got to figure out how to, how do you cover 13.1 miles and not fall over? So um, I started at that point doing very light um, research into how you build your stamina, how you do this running thing the right way. And um, over that five months, I um, managed to get my longest long run up to 14 miles because I wanted to know that I could go longer than the race if I had to. And um, it's funny because that 14 miler, um, I literally had none. I own nothing more than the shoes on my feet, a pair of shorts, and um, uh, I had just bought my first moisture wicking t-shirt because up to then I'd been running in cotton, everything, and and wondering why I was constantly chafing and always in pain. <laughs> and uh, so I went out for that long run, and I actually tried to memorize the the, the half marathon course, and I decided, okay, I'm going to go out and run this thing just to make sure I'm familiar with the surroundings. And uh, I went out there holding it one of these guys, let's see if I can get on screen, holding one of these bottles. I didn't have like a okay. specialized running bottle or a strap that went around my hand. And, uh, I, two things happened that were kind of, kind of funny <laughs> on that run. Um, I was about a mile into the run and it was a hot day in, I want to say August. The, the race was in September and I was about a mile into the run when my hands got so sweaty the bottle fell out of my hands <laughs> and then I had to go the next 12, 12 miles with nothing to drink on a hot day. And luckily I didn't end up going the full 12 miles because I got about 10 miles into the course when I realized, Oh, I didn't do such a great job memorizing the course. I'm lost. <laughs> so I had to call my wife and she drove around the town streets looking for me until she found me. I got about a 10 or 11 mile run in that day. And that was going to be about as, good a practice run on that course that I was going to get before race day. So uh, race day did eventually come around. I told the start line and, um, you know, it was funny because I was listening to the, 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 you know, I was introducing myself to, to the people who were doing like the, um, the pacing for the race. And uh, they were saying, okay, everybody, now it's going to be, I heard them talking to the other runners around us and they were saying, okay, everybody, now just, hang tough. This is a really hilly course. It's going to be hard, but we're going to, we'll, we'll get you through it. Just stick with us. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'd never thought of that before. It's going to be harder to run <laughs> because it's really, really hilly. Oh no. Right. <laughs> you know, what am I going to do? So at any rate, we took off and um, the fastest of all of the pacers 
was uh, a pacer for, for 90 minutes. So I decided, okay, you know what? I'm going to just take off like a shot from the start line. And my, my only goal is to never let that guy pass me. <laughs> so, wow. yeah, so I just took off and, um, and man, that hurt it, that, that whole course just hurt. It just, I, you know, and, and I learned a lot from that day. Uh, mainly the, the big, the big lesson for me was that I knew how to push myself. I knew how to not let myself stop, not give up. Um, which, you know, when it comes to racing, that's like the big thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I ended up crossing the line in my very first race, that half marathon I ran in one hour, 28 minutes and 37 seconds. So wow. uh, I, I, I managed to keep the... the guy behind me. Yeah. Yeah. He was <laughs> coming up was on thinking. me fast, but, <laughs> but I did manage to hold him off. So, um, so, you know, I got, I got across that finish line. I couldn't believe the sheer thrill that came from the crowds cheering you on and crossing the finish line and knowing you'd accomplished something. And, um, you know, there were so many people who, uh, told me, you know, wow, great run. Uh, I ended up winning the, the masters, um, first place masters. I can't think I came in seventh place overall on that race. And everybody was just like, you know, dude, um, if you plan to continue running, you know, keep it up because that was amazing. And I was like, Wow. Talk about the total opposite of what I expected my first race to be like. So exactly um, that kind of created yeah. a monster and I've been racing ever since. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and how many people, uh, you know, really, uh, go out and do the first race and place. I mean, you must probably be one of the few who is a recreational runner, right? I mean, it's not like you're a pro or, you know, oh, making yeah, a living out of this. That. You're a recreational runner, started walking, right? to lose weight. And here you are, the first race you run, you place. I mean, <laughs> that's just amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, like, I'm not going to lie. It was very encouraging. Uh, and, and it's the reason that I, like I said, it's the reason that I uh, continue running to this day, like, and racing and, and competing is because um, it gives me, it gives me a goal now, you know, now that I know I can compete, um, I don't really, excuse me, I don't want to clear my throat and, and make too much noise here, but um, um, but, uh, yeah, my attitude towards racing, uh, was that day and continues to be is that I'm competing with myself. I'm competing with yesterday. I have no desire to go out there and beat anybody. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I just want to beat what I did the last time, yeah. but, uh, you yeah. know, that's what drives me forward. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's a terrific mindset, right? Because, uh, you know, you, you're someone who's doing sub 130 half marathon and and saying that I'm I'm there out to do better than my best in the previous year or previous race. And it could be someone else who's doing two hours and could have the same mindset, right? It's not like a, uh, exactly. you know, a lot of people get discouraged, right? Like, oh, you know, looking at someone who's faster and say, hey, you know, I can't run that fast. Maybe I'm not good enough. Or I'm not a good enough runner, right? And yeah, I think and your mindset is terrific because no matter where you are in your journey, you know, it's, it's about getting better from where you were, you know, in, in, exactly. if you want to, you know, if you exactly. want to. Don't if, compete if that's what with anybody team. else. Absolutely. I'm sorry. Absolutely. I what you were saying, but yeah. Um, don't set yourself up. Don't compare yourself to others because that just sucks the joy out of everything. Um, I think what you want to do and what I do when I see people who could like, you know, just destroy me at running without even trying, like, you know, and I know many people 
who, who make me look like a, a, you know, somebody who started yesterday. Um, and what I do is I go to those people rather than just sitting back and saying, oh, that just took the joy out of running for me because he can beat me by right. X number of minutes. I go to them and I said, and I, <clears throat> I'm sorry, Santosh. That, that's um, perfectly fine. Yeah. I, I go to those people and uh, I, I pick their brains and I find out what are they doing that I'm not doing? How can I learn from mm -hmm. them? And what you'll find nine times out of 10 is that those people are more than willing to share their supposed secrets and to yeah. help you improve as a runner, you know, and, and that's exactly why I wanted to become a coach. You know, um, mm. I mm. want to help people to achieve their dreams and, uh, you yeah. know, your dreams change over time. Of course, you know, like you were saying at first, it may be, I want to be able to run a sub two hour half marathon. Yeah. But then when you get there, of course, it's just natural. You can, you're going to eventually say, I want to run a 145. I want to run a 130. Yeah. I want to keep getting faster. And, and there's no reason you can't, you know, um, yep. as long as you're willing to commit to the ever increasing demands that come with getting faster. So, um, yeah, you know, yep, absolutely. So, you know, you did the first half, you know, you've, and, and you blazed through the trails and, um, and you also went on to do full marathons subsequently. Right. And so how did that happen? Yeah. Well, it was funny because, um, I was so fired up when I crossed that finish line for that first half marathon. Uh, I got into a conversation with another runner right there behind yeah. the finish line who was, who told me about this uh, Charlotte marathon, which was coming up in six weeks. <laughs> and I was wow. like, and I was like, Hmm, that sounds really exciting because there I was all pumped up. I had just finished my race and everybody told me I'd done such a good job. I was like six weeks for a marathon. I remember when I was a kid, I remember when I was in high school, I always dreamed of running a marathon. So here's my chance. And uh, so I thought six weeks, I can double my mileage and run a marathon in six weeks. Why not? Mm. <laughs> I mean, little did I know what a bad idea that was. And uh, <laughs> so I went after it. I, I literally spent the next five weekends, Santosh, building my long runs where I went from 14 mm. miles to 16 to 18 to 20 to 22 miles. And on that last long run, I popped my left iliotibial band right above oh, my knee and, and man, did it hurt. I thought I was done. I thought I'd like caused permanent damage and I'd never run again. You know, as a mm. newbie, I had no idea what a running injury even was. Yeah. So basically I was devastated. I was, I was so scared that I'd done permanent damage to my legs, you know, as a runner with no experience with, uh, with any kind of injury before that, because I'd always taken it so easy uh, in all the years leading up to this first race. Uh, that I, I thought this may be it. I just ended my running career. And, um, you know, but luckily enough, luckily enough, it was a minor enough injury. And, and uh, I went to the doctor and they told me what I needed to do to kind of bring myself back, you know, lay off for two, like two weeks and then just slowly start building your mileage again. Uh, and uh, so, so I, I did that and uh, I started researching what other um, marathons would be available to me since I obviously, you know, could no longer make the Charlotte race. And uh, I, I started researching, learning, learning a lot of lessons from that first half marathon. I started researching uh, where can I run a marathon in the near future while it's still cold because we're heading into wintertime, uh, where it was going to be a flat course, you know, it, <laughs> make it a little bit easier on myself. 
So uh, I found uh, the Charleston Marathon in South Carolina, and um, that was in early January of 2015. So um, this time I did a build up and I gave myself like, you know, a, a week with a hard long run and then I backed off the next week and then I built it a little bit more, did it sort of in a smarter fashion. And um, that allowed me to reach the start line and uh, it, it was a great day. I really enjoyed it. Um, I actually uh, ran the full thing and I finished, I crossed the finish line in three hours, 26 minutes, um, you know, which I was just happy, happy as could be to, to even cross the finish line at all in any amount of time. And, um, you know, I found out later that I had missed qualifying for the, uh, illustrious Boston marathon by a mere one minute. Um, you know, be, before I started that race, Santosh, I didn't even know what the Boston marathon was, but once somebody behind the finish line told me, Oh man, if you'd only made it one minute faster, you'd go to Boston. And then I started researching and I learned all this stuff about how important Boston is and why it's so important. And I was like, oh, now I have a goal. Now I'm going to run another marathon, but this time I'm going to qualify for Boston. So I signed up for my second marathon a mere three months later in March of uh, 2015. I'd created a monster. And um, so I went and I uh, trained even harder. I think I built my weekly mileage up to like 60 miles a week uh, between January and, and March. And, uh, I, I ended up running the tobacco road marathon in Cary, North Carolina. And, uh, I crossed the finish line on that one, my second marathon in three hours and 16 minutes and, uh, qualified for Boston. And, um, I was just like over the moon. I was like, this is so great. I, I love this marathon thing. I'm starting to understand the pain of the marathon, you know, the first time you run a marathon, it doesn't matter how much mental preparation you make or how many stories you listen to from people about the marathon hurts. There's this thing called the wall and you better beware. And there's all this scary stuff that happens and you try to mentally prepare yourself, but you just can't, there's no preparation except to experience it. So, um, by the time I made it to the second marathon, even though I was still a newbie, I knew what to expect at least. So I didn't let it phase me as much. I learned to live with the pain. I learned to run through the pain. And um, it's been a learning curve ever since then. I've run uh, eight more marathons since then and and learned a million lessons along the way. So, um, you know. It, yeah. And, and you know, I think uh, what's fascinating is, um, you know, you, you started running late in your life and, you know, you uh, you did your first marathon 328 second one 316 already you know shaved off 12 minutes so it seems like you also find found or discovered a gift right in the sense you know not everyone runs at the speed at which you run so obviously there is you know you are a uh, you know you have something that that's working for you it's a gift kind of a gift right to be able to push pace uh, and and be a be a fast runner and and to discover that at any time in your life is 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 i think it's a blessing right oh absolutely absolutely and it doesn't necessarily have to be running there's i you know i think in any in any walk of life in in, in any discipline mm. there are people yeah. scattered all over the world with incredible talent but they'll just never know yeah. they'll just live their whole lives Correct. and they'll never discover it and it's just one of those things where you know by no means do i consider myself sort of um an elite status runner. You know, I'm, I'm still just sort of a middle-aged guy 
doing his best. And I just, you know, you know, I'm not doing anything that's setting world records or even country records out there. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm out there having fun and using my spare time to train as hard as I can. And because I enjoy it, you know, if it was one of those things where it was just a complete grind, I wouldn't do it. You know, if there's, there's, there's not enough motivation in it. It's just, but for me, there's a sheer joy in just getting out the door every day, lacing up those shoes and just running. I just really, really love it. So it's just, if I happen to run a good time, that's great. But if I wasn't enjoying the process, you know, I, it wouldn't matter to me what my times were, you know, yeah, but, um, makes sense. Right. you know, but I encourage everybody. And, try and as you, many you went as you on. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, and, and you went on, you said you did eight marathons, uh, you know, after that, and you went on to actually uh, do a sub three as well. Uh, you continue to keep getting better uh, as you were running, right? Yeah, it was, um, by the time the spring of 2015 was over, I'd run those first two marathons. And, um, you know, once I ran that 316, I was like, you know, that 16 minute gap between <laughs> a three hour flat marathon is seems like a, a huge gulf that to cross, like just a, a massive number. But I was like, you know, I wonder what it would take to get there. So um, I started training for that fall, that very fall of 2015. I started training and I got my mileage up to 75 miles a week at the peak of my training. And I was like, I wonder if this is going to do it for me. So um signed myself up for uh, an October marathon. Uh, and I ended up running a 303. And, and I was like, wow, that was, I came really close. I came really close. I, I wonder if it was just a bad day. So I went out and I did the same kind of training over the winter so that in spring I could go out and run another marathon on that same sort of 75 miles per week. And I uh, went to Myrtle Beach in South Carolina to run my fourth marathon and I ran a 302. <laughs> so I got incrementally closer, but I couldn't cross the line yet. So I was like, what is it going to take? And, um, you know, this whole time I was training with a book, using the training plans with a, a book by Pete Fitzinger called uh, Advanced Marathoning, which is a wonderful book. I, you know, I think for anybody who's looking to run long like that and you need something better than kind of just an ad hoc online um plan that you get for free uh that that book is wonderful and uh you know there are things that i've learned since then as a coach that uh you know are, are i see as maybe a little smarter a little bit more um a little bit more strategic uh that could be uh, added to those plans that are in that book but uh it's a great great starting point and um at any rate, once I ran that 302 at Myrtle Beach, I was like, okay, now I'm too close. I can't let go. I've got to try to run a 259. I don't care what I've got to do. So I I uh, went back in the book and I consulted what's the what's the next big thing? And uh I I upped my mileage to uh 85 miles a week. And wow. uh yeah, and uh in in October of 2016, I went and I ran the Peak to Creek Marathon in North Carolina. Um, and, um, managed to just squeak in. I ran my first 259, my first sub three, uh, in October of 2016. And, uh, I was over the moon. I was like, well, it doesn't get better than this. Wow. <laughs> you know? Um, 
you know, but my attitude has always been, that was what my, I want to, that was my fifth marathon when I finally got under three hours. And, um, so, um, at that point I was like, you know, after a few months had passed, I was like, okay, I'm going to wait a full year before I run another one. I'm going to really go crazy. I'm going to build my mileage. I'm going to do, I'm going to be Mr. King of running. And, uh, I managed to get my mileage up to like, uh, where I was peaking at 107 miles a week. Uh, yeah, by, by October of 2017, I was running over a hundred miles a week, uh, as a 43 or 44 year old. And, um, you know, um, Santosh, right now I'm giving you kind of like the, 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 the bright side, the happy side of, you know, you know, I managed to pull this stuff off, but trust me, this was my period right in here. What I'm talking about right now, this was my period of, if there is a type of running injury, I've had it <laughs> because I was pushing myself so hard. I was like, you know, like I was pulling hamstrings. My calves were constantly popping. My, my, my plantar fasciitis was flaring up. My, my ankles were blowing up. It's like one thing after the next, after the next. And I was at the PT constantly. They would just see me coming and they would laugh. You know, I was like, what has he done this time? <laughs> and, um, yeah. you know, I did, I did over the next, uh, four years, uh, after that, I did manage, you know, just to cut a long story short. Um, I did manage to cut my, uh, marathon PR from that 326 on marathon number one down to a 252.24, um, which I ran in October of 2019 before, right before, you know, COVID. And, um, but I did learn a lot along the way. And I think it's much more important to talk about sort of the, um, the importance of realizing that cross training is important, that, uh, having a strong core is important because those are the kind of things, uh, I learned the hard way, like I said, by injuring myself in every possible way as a runner. Um, once I started cross training and once I started doing daily core training, um, Santosh, in the last two years, since I've been utterly dedicated to being a healthy human being, not just this guy who runs stupid amounts of miles, um, I don't get injured anymore, like in any serious way. You know, I can't say I don't get injured anymore because a week and a half ago, I ran my 10th marathon and I, um, I pulled my right hamstring. But here we are a week later, I'm running again and I'm feeling fine because I've got a strong core and because I've, I lift weights and all that stuff to keep my body strong. But, um, makes sense. Yeah. That, that, that was the question that was running in my mind. I mean, with that kind of scaling, because hundred miles a week is probably what elites and professionals train in, right? I mean, uh, that, yeah, that's I mean, a tremendous amount of volume, right? That's a ter tremendous amount of volume. And, and what about, um, personal life, lifestyle, social life, how, how, how were you, how, what was happening to that? Did, did you, how did you, did you, how did you balance that? Yeah, well, a lot, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it definitely takes up a lot of time. Um, but you know, it's one of those things where I, I've kind of, um, as far as family life goes, uh, my wife has been incredibly understanding for the last 10 years mm -hmm. as, as running has become a larger and larger obsession. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, as a side note, the reason that I started a YouTube channel, the reason that I got into this whole social media running thing is because mm -hmm. I needed an outlet to talk about it. My wife eventually reached a point where she was like, I can't take it anymore. It's like, you know, you know, hubby, I'm proud of you, you know, great accomplishments. I'll always be there to cheer you on at the finish line, but 
you talk about running a lot. <laughs> and she was like, sweetie, <laughs> sweetie, start a YouTube channel. Go talk to other people who care about this. Because, you know, yeah. she was like, for 10 minutes a day, I can listen to running. But, you know, you want to talk about it all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's where the YouTube channel came from. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. I mean, and that's what all non-runners tell about runners, right? That you get exactly. come a bunch of runners together, the only thing they talk about is running. <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. It, it's more than just an exercise. It becomes a yeah. lifestyle. It becomes an obsession. Absolutely. And because it gives meaning in a way, you know, I think uh, in, in, in no matter at what level of running you do, uh, it it gives you some kind of meaning in life, right? Because I I always think that running is one thing that you put in effort and you can see some direct correlation to uh, improvement in life. And it's not always the case with the rest of your life, right? Exactly. Your work or profession. Uh, there's there's not always a correlation between effort and output. And whereas <laughs> exactly. running is that thing, right? So in a way, it gives you some level of, uh, uh, you know, meaning. And... Uh, Wow. So, so I think there's a lot of gold in, in, in what you just shared, right? So increased volumes, uh, but, you know, mix it up with strength training, core training is, is a core key ingredient to making sure that you can keep doing this for a longer time, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I would say that every runner should be doing core training. Um, I, I would really recommend that they do strength training as well. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, you know, as, as a 52-year-old runner, I know for a fact if I wasn't lifting weights on a regular mm -hmm. basis and doing daily core routines, I would not be running anymore. <laughs> I would yeah. have broken yeah. myself past the point of coming back many times over already. Um, Makes sense. You know, I, you know, I learned that lesson, like I said, in my mid-40s uh, when I was just constantly hurting myself. And as soon as I yeah. started getting stronger, all that started going away. So um, that's a big lesson. And and I think you're probably one of the few people I know personally who's been qualifying for a Boston every marathon, almost every marathon you ran, and has not done a mar Boston marathon yet. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Um, right. We just haven't not, we haven't made the plans to go up to Boston in April yeah. um, for for all these years now. But um, I know I want to run it. Um, I, yeah. I've actually been working with a friend of mine. Um, uh, where he has actually become a client of mine as a, as, as mm. me as a running coach. And I've been sort of trying to get him to where he qualifies for Boston. And, and we've sort of made a deal between the two of us that as soon as he qualifies for Boston, we're both going and we'll meet there and, uh, and we'll do our thing. So, um, yeah. we're, I'm trying to get him there by like, uh, 2023. We shall see. That's, that's terrific. And coming to the, the latest experiment that you kind of, put out there on your YouTube channel, which is the attempt to get 245, right? Yeah. Um, so how did, what happened to that? How did that go? And what did well, you learn in the process? Oh boy, <laughs> I learned a lot. Um, you know, it's one of those things, like I said, I my, my current uh, marathon PR is 252 and I ran that in October of 2019. And uh, once COVID hit, that's about the time that I started my YouTube channel. And um, I thought, you know, originally I thought I was going to, I thought COVID was going to be this thing that blew over in three months and we'd all be back, yeah. back at it. So I was like, you know, you know, I originally started on my YouTube channel promising everybody that I was going to train. And six months later, I was going to try to run a 249 marathon, which seemed mm. like doable with like some smart 
training, maybe I could cut like three minutes off of my best, you know, on a good course on a nice cold day. And and that, that would be the big goal. But uh, COVID dragged on and COVID dragged on and uh, continues to drag on. But at least, you know, there are still races available at this point. And hopefully, yeah. hopefully things open up wide soon enough. But, um, you know, enough time went by where nobody had um, races to run and we just had all this time to train. So um, back, uh, I ran a time trial um, last year, at uh, a little over a year ago, I started doing time trials um, with some friends of mine and, and, and I did short um, sort of training series on my YouTube channel. And uh, we started out with like a five a 5k time trial and mm-hmm. uh, uh, I ended up running like uh, uh, oh boy I'm putting myself on the spot and I'm gonna blow it I, I ran a 1733 5k um, which is my best to this point and I, so I started developing um, my own theories of training as a coach mm-hmm. so I took this theory you know, which everybody can go on my channel and watch that training series as we worked towards the 5k to see what worked and what didn't. Mm -hmm. So I took the lessons from that and we adapted it and we started a new series on my channel called, uh, 10, the 10 building towards the 10k time trial. So I set a goal that I wanted to run. I think, uh, I wanted to attempt to run a sub 36 minute 10k. So we trained, we trained, we trained, 12 weeks later, we we went to the track. I ran my 25 lap 10K and I didn't get there. I did not hit go sub 36, but I ended up, ended up running a 36.34, which wow. I'm very proud of. Close. I mean, that's fast enough for, for me as a guy. Yeah, I got close. And, you know, for a guy who's, uh, I was 51 at the time and I was like, <laughs> not bad. I'm happy with that. It's uh, just a number in your case. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, you know, exactly. So, so, uh, learned a lot more lessons and started to see what the difference was in the way you had to train in the super short speedy races. But as you started increasing the distance, the kind of things that became more relevant and the kind of things that became less relevant uh, as far as training goes and took those lessons. And then we went into a third series on my channel where we were going to attempt a half marathon time trial. Mm -hmm. So I took all the things that worked for the 10 K applied it and sort of expanded it out to see if it would scale. And uh, luckily enough, it did because I called that series my, the, my sub 80 series. I was trying to run a half marathon in uh, 79 minutes or less and um, uh, did it around a track. So it was um, 52.75 laps around a 400 meter track. <laughs> and uh, uh, I did this last spring. So this the spring, uh, April of this uh, of this year, 2021, I actually ran it and videotaped the whole thing. Everybody can learn from that, you know, what all the mistakes I made and the successes that I had along the way. And I ended up running that uh, half marathon in 79 minutes and 38 seconds, I believe. Um, so just squeaked in, just squeaked in under the wire. And um, so then with all of that work behind me, um, I thought, well, what's the next logical step here? I have to do a series where everybody gets to follow my 18-week training cycle as I work towards, you know, I did the calculations. I did all the VDOT calculations from from Jack Daniels and all that stuff and consulted all the tables. And uh, it looked like it was going to be possible on a perfect Mm -hmm. day 
for me to possibly maybe pull off a two hour and 45 minute marathon. So um, adapt once again, up adapted everything that I've learned from the 5k, the 10k and the half marathon, went through the whole 18 week cycle and detailed everything on video. And uh, I, I signed up for the Kiowa Island Marathon in South Carolina uh, for December 11th, just uh, a week and a half, two weeks ago. And, um, you know, um, I think I did, I hit all my marks on, on the training. Everything went well, my speed work, I think everything was there. Um, I ended up more or less dialing in my nutrition. Um, that mm. was probably the weakest part of my, the entire training series. Uh, but, um, as we approached race day, um, it became apparent that, um, race conditions were going to be about as opposite from ideal as possible. Um, we were looking at, uh, 70 degrees over 90% humidity. And, mm. um, you know, I kind of approached the start line with, it would be a miracle if I pulled off a 245, but I, you know, mm -hmm. I had my B goal set to try to run a 249. My C goal was just to run a PR of anything. Mm -hmm. And, um, unfortunately, um, I made some mistakes on race day, um, with fueling, um, because I, you know, there on a day that's that hot and that, that, uh, humid, there's no room for mistakes. If you miss hydration, mm -hmm. if you miss fueling, you know, if you get low on electrolytes, you're going to pay for it because you're sweating like crazy and you're, right. you know, and, uh, I made a couple of mistakes in there, but, uh, um, things kind of fell apart at the end there as a result of the mistakes I made. Uh, I ended up running a 258, um, which is mm. far, far off the mark, but, um, considering the weather conditions, I'm happy with it. Um, <laughs> I say that kind of half believing it, <laughs> uh -huh. you know, it's one of those things where, you know, of course I wanted my 245, but, uh, there's always a next time, um, you know, uh, as you can hear, um, I'm getting over a cold that, that, uh, hit me five days after, after race day. Uh, I guess mm -hmm. I had knocked down my system so much that, uh, I was vulnerable and, uh, uh, some virus or another found its way into my system and, uh, I'm kind of working through it right now. But, uh, next week, uh, the next training block begins because, uh, in March on March 20th, I'm, I'm going to be running the, um, tobacco road marathon in Cary, North Carolina again. And uh, weather permitting, Santosh, um, the revenge marathon will take place. <laughs> and I'm going right. to go after that 245 with everything I've got. <laughs> All right. So 245 is what what pace are we talking about? What pace do you have to maintain every mile? Do, yeah, do you try and keep the same? Yeah, yeah. That's the way I approach it. Um, uh, the way That's the way I approached Kiowa is I... I you know, if, if it had been ideal weather conditions at the Kiowa Island Marathon, um, I would have been after even splits all the way through the race. And I had, would have had to maintain six minutes and 20 seconds per mile uh, for the whole 26.2. And um, I've run the Tobacco Road Marathon before. That was my mm -hmm. second marathon of all time way back in 2015. Right. Uh, so I know the course. Um, it's not quite as flat as Kiowa, but it's flat enough that if I get right. ideal ra race conditions, I, I can count on trying to run even splits all the way through. So. Right. so I had a question for you, for someone who, you know, who is constantly pushing, you know, uh, the boundaries. Mm -hmm. uh, 
mindset and how do you how do you deal with uh, discomfort because none of this obviously is uh, i'm assuming is not like a cake walk for you when you go out and <laughs> try to run at 6 to 20 which you've not done uh, and and so you you're trying to keep a certain pace which is outside your comfort zone how how are you training your mind uh, i mean how, how does that work if you can give us a sense because i'm sure a lot of people are going to be interested in that as well yeah absolutely um well the first thing i want to say from the physical standpoint of discomfort um running those having experience with the, the that 5k 10k and a half marathon training mm-hmm. really went a long way towards becoming comfortable with much higher levels of discomfort because when you're running mm-hmm. faster in shorter races you're pushing yourself a lot harder than you are in a marathon because you know a marathon right. just by nature of the beast is a, it's it's an aerobic um it's an aerobic race you're never putting yourself in oxygen debt when you're running a marathon because you you mm-hmm. can't go that far if you're running that hard um so i i learned a lot in how to just accept pain um when you're pushing hard in a 5k and in a 10k um mm-hmm. you know at much higher paces than you know like when you're running 540 pace for you know yeah. for for 5k <laughs> that brings a lot more pain than than 620s does for 26 mm-hmm. miles um so i think uh that's one thing i neglected in the earlier parts of my running career is i mm-hmm. i kind of like did my first half marathon then went to marathons and kind of stayed at marathons so i never had mm-hmm. the benefit of knowing what it was like to train faster harder in more mm-hmm. pain uh so in the last year i think i've gained that perspective and that helps a lot um on the mental side um i think um um what's the word i'm looking for um sort of envisioning uh envisioning what it is to going to be like when you're in the midst of a race actually mm-hmm. picturing it in your head and putting yourself there uh in your head head having quiet time to think well what's it going to be like at mile 3 when you're feeling great and you've got a ton of energy because you've been resting for 3 weeks what is it like at mile 15 when it's just starting to get uncomfortable when you're starting to feel that fatigue build what's it going to be like at mile 22 when it really hurts what are the kind of things you're going to tell yourself you teach yourself how to look back at your training you pick like your two or three hardest workouts from your training block and you tell yourself remember this feeling right here remember how hard you've worked because when you get desperate in the later miles of that marathon you're going to be thinking to yourself well what if i just stopped what if i just slowed down it's going to it's going to stop hurting i'll feel good again i'll enjoy the rest of the race again you know again yeah so you have to have something to draw on you have to have something that builds your confidence when you're in that hurt locker and you're thinking right. why am i doing this to myself what what's going to keep you going and that's the kind of thing that motivates you um david goggins calls that his cookie jar you know um mm-hmm. you, you reach in there and you say to yourself am i going to give up now in a half an hour i'll be across the finish line do i want to tell myself i gave up because it hurt or am yeah. i going to just put up with this pain for a little while longer and have something that i can be proud of for the rest of my life so mm. um it it's those kind of things and 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 um you know over time with more experience the more you race the more you become comfortable with that discomfort the more you can tell yourself this is temporary 
Yes, I know my calves feel like they're on fire right now, but they're not going to snap. They're not going to break because I did a good training block. You know, I prepared well, so I know I'm not going to actually explode. (laughs) You know, just put up with the pain for now. And in a half an hour, you'll be all right again. You'll be eating pizza and you'll feel great. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Terrific. Lovely. That that's a lot of gold. A lot of gold. I think uh, for those of us who want to take some of you know your lessons and uh, try to get faster, I think uh, the whole idea of thinking of training blocks, putting yourself on those discomfort zones during the training, is Absolutely. a huge is a huge uh, tip to take away because you can't go out and do something that you've not trained for on the day of the race, right? It's just doesn't going to work. Exactly. So. Um, that that is that is amazing, terrific. So, what's next? Uh, I know coaching is you know seems to be something that's on the on the radar. Uh, so, is that where you're headed? What else? Yeah, I mean the big things for me. I mean I have no plans of uh, giving up on trying to get faster yet. Like I said, uh, in, on March 20th, I'll be in Cary, North Carolina, attempting again to run 2:45 marathon, and I'm going to be having a lot of fun. Before 2022 is out, I'm going to, I've got my goals for 5K and 10K and a half marathon to try to, you know, best my PRs on, on those distances. Uh, but as you said, Santosh, um, I'm becoming more and more interested in coaching. Um, you know, um, I've had a handful of clients already, um, you know, and the vast majority of them have met their goals. And uh, th- those who haven't, uh, have done an absolutely you know wonderful job of sticking with it and teaching me a lot of lessons along the way you know um if injury comes up unfortunately you know it comes up and uh, we have to keep a good attitude when we do get hurt to try to get back at it in a healthy way as soon as possible um so uh those clients who unfortunately did uh experience injury along the way they're they're already committed to coming back for more so um <laughs> Uh, I like to think that that's a sign that maybe I'm doing something right as a coach, um, you know, um, but I'm learning a lot. You know, I'm new to it. As I said, uh, I've only gotten certified uh, back in June of tw- of this year. So, um, you know, I've had a handful of clients. I'm always looking for people who want to better themselves. And by no means do I try to only look for clients who are like uh well, you know, I've I've run a 240 marathon and I want to get down to a 225. I would love to get to know people like that and help them. I would f- almost feel unqualified for people of that level. Th- the people that I want to work with as a coach have one thing in common. They're not scared to commit to trying things they've never tried before. They're they're not scared to go to a new place. Um I do not see my job as a coach to push anybody past where they're comfortable, but I want to keep them right on the edge. I want to keep them nervous. That's where I think the best runners thrive. And, um, you know, I think uh, as I learn as a coach from my previous clients, I learn more each day about maybe back off a little bit, (laughs) you know, um, because, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's a fine balancing act. Um, whether you're working with a coach or you're just coaching yourself, if you push too hard, you're not going to reach your goal. You have to try to get to that starting line healthy. So um, short-term gains, 
are very rarely worth it. It's it's it's, mm. it's the long game. It's consistency is the key. Just like everybody else tells tells every other runner, um, it's the truth. There's no way around uh, just getting out there every day and grinding. You know, that's how you get better. All right, makes sense. Hey, that's uh, <clears throat> that's that's a terrific um, journey you've had so far, Paul. Uh, and I think we covered quite a bit of ground in terms of where it started, how you scaled. You know, and I think I think the biggest takeaway for all of us from your journey is, you know, someone who believes that my I'm not peaked yet. That's just 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 a amazing mindset to live. Uh, whether you're a runner or hey, in any other endeavor that you have in your life, right? Uh, Absolutely. Uh, as long as you're alive, maybe you never peaked. <laughs> There's always exactly. A peak to, that's an amazing amazing mindset to live by. If you haven't given up, you haven't lost, you know, it's just a setback yeah. at that point, you know, it's just yeah, one yeah. step along the journey. As long as you keep on trying, as long as you keep on hammering, then nobody's yeah. beating you, you know. And the other takeaway uh, for me, and I'm sure the audience uh, would relate to this is you, I mean, one is to say this, right? The other is the work ethic. I mean, you have an amazing work ethic uh, to be able to run those 100 miles a week, uh, deal with injuries and not be stopped by it, keep constantly calibrating. Um, I mean, that's the other aspect, right? It's One is to say, hey, you know, I've not if I have not peaked, then, then go sit and <laughs> watch TV. <laughs> I mean, that's not going to work. But also back it up with the kind of work ethic that you bring to the table is, is very inspiring, right? It's very inspiring. So, I appreciate um, that. that. I appreciate right? that so a lot. Keep at it and, you know, keep inspiring that that's what i'm taking away uh we're kind of coming to a to the uh you know the fag end of our conversation and uh i have a fun q a round uh, with my guests so are okay. you ready for that sure <laughs> let's give it a shot <laughs> all right let me pick up the questions here so um uh, these are some casual questions, and uh, I promise my guests I never put them in trouble. No controversial questions. Just okay. fun questions. <laughs> so the first thing I ask, this is my favorite question, is, you know, all, all of us think that uh, runners are always eating healthy, but I think we all love to indulge. So what's your favorite junk food? Oh, pizza. Easy. Easy. Pizza. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what that's I literally, you know, I mentioned that somewhere earlier in the podcast, you know, when you're trying to uh, grind through those last few miles of a marathon. Um, you know, I always tell myself, don't slow down. You'll get to the finish line faster and you'll get to eat pizza sooner if you keep moving fast. So, all right. That's what it's all about for me. Makes sense. Pizza it is. Any favorite pizzas or? Oh, New York style with anything on it. I don't care what's on it as long as it's New York style. <laughs> and you're a New Yorker too, right? Yeah. So as a kid, I grew York. up in New York. Yeah. 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 Okay. So that explains it. Exactly. Your favorite uh, running gadget? Oh, boy. My favorite running gadget. This is going to be boring, but I'd have to say my watch. <laughs> Simply because that, 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 that's, that keeps me true to, to what I'm trying to accomplish. You know, if yeah. I can look down and I, as long as I'm on pace, then I'm a happy guy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that's probably true for a lot of runners. The, the watch is the favorite thing, right? I know you're a musician. Uh, you compose your own music or also write? 
Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I've been out for, like I said, since I was 17 years old. So I've been in a, in and out of bands. I've, I've traveled and, and toured with bands, um, before I went back to school for, for programming and for being a, uh, you know, a computer programmer, I, I spent, uh, eight years touring. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. So my question was a song that inspires you. Oh boy. Wow. Um, it's funny because I am not like a heavy metal dude. I am not like mm. a hard rock dude. I'm more of a progressive rock kind of guy, you know? Um, but in my older age, for some reason, I'm gravitating more and more towards like heavy rock and roll. So, um, I would say probably either back in black by ACDC or something wow. like uh, kickstart my heart by Motley Crue. <laughs> That's amazing. Just me too. Uh, I, I, you know, my favorite playlist is the seventies hard rock on, on Apple music. There you go. That's my favorite playlist. <laughs> there you go. I think we'll probably share one in common then. <laughs> yeah. All right. Your favorite time to work out sunrise or sunset. <sighs> if I could pull it off, I would prefer to run in the mornings. Uh, mm. But I find myself more and more often running in the afternoons, unfortunately. But I love okay. the feeling of getting it done early. But uh, my, my 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 work schedule, unfortunately, means I would have to be up at like two in the morning if I was going to pull off my morning <laughs> runs anymore. <laughs> so preference-wise, sunrise. Is, is, yeah, is if I had my way, it would be sunrise. Sunrise. Nice. All right. The last question I have is a movie question. Uh, okay. If, if you made a movie of your life a what genre would you put it in and uh, who would you hire to play your role oh boy boy oh boy that's a tough one uh i think that might be a rather boring movie but <laughs> um gosh i really don't know i really don't know um let's say um <laughs> uh Brad Pitt, just because he looks nothing like All right. me. I might as well I might as well look good on in Hollywood, right? Since I can't look good in real life. <laughs> uh, why not? Absolutely. You gotta you gotta hire the best best actor that can play your role. You know? so. <laughs> I think what that, genre? That oh boy, I don't know. Uh drama, I suppose. <laughs> drama. All right. A lot of drama in my life. Not necessarily uh anything that uh anybody else would find dramatic, but uh plenty of drama for me anyway. <laughs> All right, Brad Pitt, a script is on its way. <laughs> Check your inbox. <laughs> I'm All sure right. he's chomping at the bit for that part. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Paul, that was fun. Uh, learned a few more things. You did well in the Q&A. We learned a few more things uh, about you in the process. Uh, coming to the uh, wrap-up here, um, I want to give you the last word. Any final message for our audience before we call it oh boy i would just say if you're gonna um if you want to pursue running don't be scared don't be intimidated mm. by anybody there is a crowd of millions behind you who are ready and waiting to cheer you on um it will make a huge difference in your life not just physically mm. but you will be utterly surprised at how it changes your soul how it changes your mental outlook you will become a much happier person as a result as well. Um, and if any time along the way you need encouragement, 
the running community will always, always be there for you. So you'll never be alone. Um, I just can't say enough about running. It's made such a huge positive difference in my life that I just want to spread. I want to evangelize the word about running. So thank you, Santosh, for the opportunity to talk about it tonight. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, appreciate you taking the time out and sharing your life here. I'll let you go and enjoy the rest of the evening. And it's, uh, you know, we're recording it uh, in the Christmas season. So uh, happy holidays and Merry Christmas. And, Same to uh, you, sir. You know, enjoy the rest of the year. Yeah. Thank you so much for the opportunity again. And uh, happy holidays to you. And uh, I'm really looking forward to speaking again soon. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Have a great one. Bye-bye.